Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One. Drama on One is offered as a podcast at rte.ie forward slash drama on one and of course here on RTE Radio One on Sunday nights. This week's Drama on One is Deep, written and performed by Raymond Scannell and directed by Tom Creed. It's the summer of 1988 and Cork's emigration generation are following the beat in perfect time for a music movement simmering from Sir Henry's the original home of house music in Ireland. With some strong language on the dance floor, this is Deep. Zero. 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 Zero, 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 one, zero, one, zero, one, zero, one, zero, one, 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 one. Larry Lahan is following the beat. It's echoing through the ages. Going right back. It's a heart monitor beeping away in a ward at the Bon Secours. Beep, zero, beep, zero. He was born on the death of disco. He knows that much. July 12th, 1979. The teens were at White Sox Park for a radio station promotion called Anti-Disco. Between games at tonight's doubleheader, a local disc jockey blew up disco records in center field. And the crowd responded by rushing the field. The statue of Mary with her hands in the air, still as you like, eyes staring down on wailing Terry Cotter, mother of the protagonist of our story here. Terry, puce in the face and cursing the nurses, pushes out another one, her second, screaming from her gut, one last push, sonic wave, all the way across the Atlantic, where concurrently, white machismo homophobes and racists parading as concerned citizens rush the pitch at Comiskey Park, Chicago, burning disco records in their wake. What are they? What? Are they burning Marvin Gaye records too, are they? Marvin Gaye, James Brown, John Lee Hooker. Not exactly in the disco ballpark. Anything with a hint to the old Deanie Gulliman, I'd say. The fired-up mob in Comiskey Park, setting black records ablaze, blissfully unaware of the flaming Terry Cotter giving birth to the protagonist of our story back at the Bon Secours. The beginning of the end for disco, friends. Violent flames releasing black souls into the rising smoke, into the ether, drifting eastwards, and the beat is contemplating hiding away for a while, going undercover and all. Deep, deep, deep underground. But out pops Larry, while the riots blaze and the citizens rage, and from the ether, the black smoke fuses with the soul of a newborn. And there he is, good folk of the listening variety, our hero of heroes, Larry Lehan. A name with a striking resemblance to DJ pioneer and disco legend Larry Levan. Coincidence? Methinks not. Convenience for the story? Methinks so. The little baby, first time outside the womb, hearing the strangest sounds. Hearing the beeps from the heart monitor and thinking of putting a house beat to it, even at that age. Screaming and wailing and cries to be born, etc. And mourning already the death of disco. He's going back to go forward. Nineteen eighty-eight. The beat is an alarm on a digital Casio on the wrist of nine-year-old Larry, who set the alarm for the return flight of his brother Danny from London. Hollow sounds beeping off the tile floors in Cork Airport. The Lahan family standing in wait behind the rope barrier at arrivals. Mother Terry. Once Cork answered at Jane Mansfield, mascara tears running into a hanky, willing the sliding doors open with her eyes. Her husband, Dan, a pocket-sized man with a black-haired Bobby Charlton, nicknamed DeVito, rubbing his brown leather slip-ons off his cream slacks. And little old Larry in his zigzag T-shirt, flicking off his Casio calculator watch alarm. Pensive, will he recognise the stranger, 
who left on the Superbus in 86 with a pish-posh post-punk rig-out, Danny Lahan Jr., who went to Brixton hoping to pick up an awful case of the scare. Danny coming back, because there's fuck all elsewhere neither. Doors slide open and flocks trickle through. As flocks more head off from departures behind the Lahans, there's a strange young man with baggy psychedelic garb smiling at them. Curly hair to his ears. A white t-shirt with a neon orange X spray painted across the front. Surely not. Terry, it's me. Terry, double taking, running to embrace Danny Jr. Knocking his bag off his shoulder with the momentum, tracking back and... Give us a look at you. You look like a hippie. Larry lifted up, shook midair. The Lahan family, driving home in their Ford Granada. Danny Jr., coming home to the once well-to-do house in Luke's Cross with the gated entrance and gravel driveway. The house, with the crawling ivy climbing up three storeys. The kitch- kitchen, where, as Terry lifts some salad out of a 70s-era bowl with 70s-era wooden tongs, she whispers to the prodigal son, Your dad's been laid off, thinking she's out of earshot. Danny, up the stairs and back to his room in the attic loft that night, telling tales to his younger brother. Tales of the death of an era with the closure of the garage in NYC, pronouncing it like a Protestant, garage. And the birth of a new era that's made its way all the way over to London and Manchester. Tales of being bored as you like, of roaming the streets of Ghost Town Corkig, spitting and chewing gum and smoking, a handful of records and fuck all else to his name. Getting a slagging in Fitzgerald's Park from the Depeche Mordies and Cureheads and Metlers for the rig out on him. Tales of flirting looks at Joanne Harrington outside the Capitol Cinema, Georgia to her friends, who Danny informs... Looks like you one from the Sugar Cubes, not Bjork, the other one. Georgia, daughter of the chair of the Independent Workers' Union, arrested when she was 14 for throwing an anti-apartheid rock through a Dunstore's window, eyeing Danny up and down and... Don't bother with giving me the flirting eyes and all and jag me if you're going to jag me, Danny. A drink in the Isaac Bells with the smiley face moon. Little pockets of reggae nights sprouting up. Jojo gussing down the Raza. Cork's only simultaneous goth, socialist and pioneer. Taking out her chewing gum and sticking it on a flyer for a new night starting at Sir Henry's. So that them jelly jaws can maul each other at the bar. The bar. Brewing with that generation. Paying with the turning point of a coin. A handful with an instinct for vinyl. For friends playing at parties and not giving it the old Tony Blackburn intros and extras between tracks. Sugar Cubes, the Jesus and Mary chain, Public Enemy, The Cure. Tales of it looming, from the ashes of nun attacks, from Rory Lizzie and Tim Gallagher in the grim streets of Jobless Cork, where whatever else is left of the youth yesterday are following their noses towards something. And isn't there just something in the air? From Douglas, from Bishopstone, from Naka, the lock, converging right time, right place, at the door of a new night at Sir Henry's. Larry notices the change in his brother from early on. Half through brotherly instinct, half through reading through his brother's diary. Just in from a new night at Sir Henry's. Had a few points, but no major need. All new sounds. All nations of Fitzgerald's Park under one roof. No one on the score, just dancing. The whole room. Together as a unit. Before I knew it, the lights were up. And everyone else flocking out. But us just standing there. Me, Jojo and three others with the same look in their faces. And on and off with us through the night. Jojo saying we're like the breakfast club. The brat pack. But no. Me saying we're like the Shukra cubes and cool as Iceland. And this is our time. Something's finally happening. She's not a crafty bugger, you know. You wouldn't say Jojo's a crafty bugger, you know. But you could say she had an agenda in bringing the mixtape to the house that evening in 1989. Terry opening the front door, dressed and ready, fixing an earring, looking Jojo up and down. Danny darting down the stairs, gifting Larry a hair rustle as he passes. DeVito grabbing Terry by the waist and rushing her out the door. Terry's eyes fixed on Jojo until Danny slams the door and eats Jojo's face off. The eyes of a mixtape. Jojo slips from her pocket. Go on off now and have a listen off that, Larry. And follow Larry up the stairs. 
to witness a little mind evolving this evening, with Larry's cherry being popped to the beat, with this newfangledest of musics, into the room and on with the mixtape. And lo and behold, uh, there he is. Lone or Larry, sitting on his Todd Terry through the evening, transfixed by the beat, walking along fresh pastures of electro-landscapes, falling into the dips between waves, meditating, and opening the attic sky to catch the reflection from Danny Jr.'s room adjacent, where Danny and Jojo go at it in the shiny sweats at a ferocious rate, all reflected on the glass. Sick, looking at his brother but turning off the lights and having a fantasy wank to Jojo in the dark and falling asleep and waking up again to the sound of Terry and DeVito coming home from Henchy's D-I-V-O-R-C-E shouting match and I didn't marry you for your looks, Dan, did I? To parties at the Harrington's house in the Glen where Jojo's parents have been on the piss since the Birmingham Six or at least two weeks ago so the Lord of the Flies had the run of the island Danny babysitting Larry, sitting him on the bottom stair and handing him a can of Ritz to keep him stumped. Lorna Larry sitting on his Todd Terry, listening into the real party in the kitchen, where the sucre cubes waft away the smoke screen, turning up the getter blaster. Sober Jojo, giving on about police raids and aircraft hangers, and M25 raves in the UK selling out the underground of Leia Betts and party boats sinking on the Thames, giving the tabloids armour. Danny, a blue-eyed soul, I've been to raves in London, clubs and motorways, and they just don't compare to the intimate magic in that little black box on South Main Street. And picture this. Back in the day, 1978. Terry and DeVito smashing a champagne bottle off the hull of a moored yacht in the RCYC Crosshaven. Yes, Dan after buying a boat. Cork's polite way of playing down the word yacht for fear of getting ideas about yourself. Naming her Empathy blissfully unaware that at the same time across the Atlantic a Californian psychotropic therapist good old Alexander Shulgin godfather of the Oaks has just synthesised MDMA doling it out to a few mates on the counselling circle for trial use on couples facing marital problems with alarming success it must be said naming the drug Empathy blissfully unaware that a small balding man in Cork has just bought a boat and named her Empathy and the nice little link it's given this story. Terry's laugh, skimming across the rim of her GNT, ripples across the Atlantic, red light port, green light starboard, disco lights. Calling the babysitter for Danny Jr. that night and making their way to the Arcadia, where all the arsey-wicey yaw-yaws danced through the inherited Catholic guilt. Embracing American industry with the winks and touches of arms between husbands and wives swapping dancing partners at the disco playing Donna Summer's I Feel Love. And coming home to relieve the babysitter and lifting sleeping Danny Jr. up to his bed and then to their room to go at it and the smiley-faced sperm race to the smiley-faced egg. And the protagonist of this story is conceived to this track. Blissfully unaware that this record Produced by Marauder, the first fully electronic track paving the way for electronic music as we know it today, is simultaneously doing the business at a big old sweat night in 1992 with special guest DJ Laurent Garnier. The Sucre Cubes doing their nation of house civic duty and welcoming Limerick, Waterford, UK, even Dublin punters. Do they bring a change of clothes? Yes, they do. Do they hide their speckled doves in the plastic suit or Jojo wears around her neck? Yes, they do. Did they used to go halves on a tablet which came in at a neat £25 and candy flip? Yes, they did. Do they now take a bit more? Are pills a bit cheaper as ecstasy dealers have pushed out the acid dealers? Yes. And yes. Were they there when Garnier dropped I Feel Love? Yes, they were. You were there, you know what I'm talking about. The Sucre Cube's heading back to the Free Gaff Lahan household that night. Half asleep, little Larry is walking suddenly. Sneaks down and peeks through the keyhole to the living room. 
sugar cubes, smoking and drinking tea and hugging each other. Goldfish in a bowl with the big black eyes and bobbing mouths. Beached fishies. Jojo appearing, walking towards the door. Larry tripping, turning to escape. Jojo hugging him with the sweaty breasts. Larry happy as... Well, Larry. Danny Jr. coming out, laughing his head off and lifting Larry up to bed. The picture. A family portrait with smiley faces. In the bed lamp light, Danny Jr. and Jojo tucking Larry up, telling him bedtime stories. I've seen everything from lawyers to football hooligans hogging in that place, Larry. Someday We'll live as one family In the sweet harmony Someday Larry wondering how his older sibling has suddenly become so expressive. Jojo grabbing Danny's sweaty face and feel more at home in there, Danny, than anywhere out here. Kissing gently and then eating face off, Larry blushing at the writing under his He-Man and the Masters of the Universe duvet and... One, 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 one. I want you to have something. Danny producing some vinyl out of a hat. Donna Summers, I feel love. But Danny, that's from Mum and Dad's collection. It's the act of the lesson is what I'm giving you, the education. Uh, get out of my room and good night to you both. Lights out. And as Larry curls up, fetus position, holding his first vinyl in his arms, blissfully unaware that this record was the track he was conceived of and made him into a fetus in the first place, he wonders two things. A. Is Danny right thinking everything will be alright? And B. Where can I get some what he's been taking? Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Rock and roll is dead. That's the view of a lot of young people. From Russia to the United States, it's been replaced by what they call a cultural revolution. Dance, house or rave music, an insistent beat with roots in ancient tribal rhythms. You just get a rush up your spine every time you'd hear a good tune, you know? If someone offers you a good time in a little white tablet, and you know you're, you're you're sitting at home all week, and you take this thing, and you're going to feel better than you ever felt before. You know, obviously, you're on, you're anti nice. Perry and Devito have called a family meeting in the dining room after watching a tabloid-soaked docu on RTE. Read the E. You have a permanent smile on your face, like you've joined a cult or something. A cult. <laughs> You know, Heads, there's another drug that releases serotonin. It's called Prozac. So I'd take a look at yourself, Da, before you start doling out the pointed finger. I'd be more worried about getting caught up in the pub culture the A&Es are tipping over with booze hounds, not buzzers. There's nothing wrong with having a drink. Who in Ireland has a drink? No, no, you know. You certainly don't. Drink is part of our culture and it's legal. What? <laughs> Socially acceptable. Alcohol is a drug. Just because it's a national pastime and we're champions at it doesn't make it any less so. The whole country's been dying a slow death from drink from behind closed doors since the fucking famine and beyond. It's just not newsworthy. Would you prefer me to be smashing bottles at closing time? You're dropping dead, Danny, hon. Danny Jr. storming out, slamming the front door. Larry running to the window, watching the big bro pulsing down the driveway. Going to run after, but Terry stopping him in his tracks. I taped that documentary last night and you're going to watch it. Ecstasy, or MDMA as it's properly known, is not a new drug. During the First World War, it was used as an appetite suppressant. Taken in tablet or capsule form, it's a derivative of amphetamines or speed and hallucinogens. The effect of the drug is to release serotonin neurons in the brain, which accounts for the associated feelings of well-being. In the last few years, ecstasy has become widely available in Ireland, from Donegal to Cork. Young, young people as young as 15 and 16 years of age are now abusing it. It's selling for £25 a tablet uh, on the streets. Larry only dreaming, enchanted with the sleepless Danny Jr. Coming home that morning to the breakfast table, seeming to shed a chrysalis and a shining skin in him going back from that place. Expecting an earful from DeVito, but getting instead heart on sleeve Tears in his coffee, reading the aftermath morning papers. 
headshots of Annie Murphy and Bishop Casey. DeVito staring into space and telling his sons about a big rave in 79. Young people of Ireland, I love you. I was one of the million in Phoenix Park that day. Michael Cleary warming up for Bishop Casey, warming up for the Pope, and the frenzy. I mean, I was taught by a school full of them, Danny. And Danny all loved up on the ETC, etc. But hugging his father for the first time and putting on Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here for him in the good old days. Larry only dreaming. Let's end with a note and say, if your son is half as good a man as his father, he won't be doing too badly. Will I'm not so bad either, Mr. Will you settle for that? To the full-on mask hysteria phase. Larry racing into the garage to find DeVito sitting there in the cool shadows. Sitting there, looking into his hands at the worktop, staring into his open palms across his black and decker drill, not even registering the young fella grabbing a paint mask for himself. The Padre Pio calendar on the wall staring on. Do mind me, Dad? You work away. Larry banging on Danny Junior's door, declaring war on his older sibling, claiming house is dead and he is the new school, which is now old school. Danny Junior opening the door suddenly, Jojo yelping, grabbing her top. Danny chiding his younger brother, telling him he should know his roots, that everything stems from mother house and what he's listening to is just the bastard child of deep house. The UK's take on something more soulful and deeply rooted and grabbing Larry into his room to present a case in point. Grabbing Larry's copy of Liquid Sweet Harmony on XL, throwing it on the right deck. Jojo grabbing a record from her bag and throwing it on the left deck. Slipping on the headphones, goes right back. Danny nudging down the tempo on one deck. And Jojo bringing in the original in the other. C.C. Rogers, Sunday, written by Marshall Jefferson. Larry feeling duped by the rob, caught red-handed. And Danny Jr. and Jojo agreeing it's time to give Larry his education. And you're listening tonight, but you're there that night, and it's 94. And you're following our three shuffling sweatheads amidst a long line, rammed all the way down to the Peace Park, queuing up well before opening. Our hero of heroes, Larry Lehan, dressed in a chemical suit, head to toe. Smiley face paint mask to hide the juvenile features. <coughs> nervous the fuck, look at him, now. <laughs> Danny Jr. soaking up the nerves on his nervous top, searching for the meaning in the pockets of his Joe Bloggs jeans. Has spent a lot of money to look this cheap. Jojo, Dayglow beanie, swimsuit, denim hot pants, tights. Danny holds Larry's hand, slips a pill, half each, one, half, half. Biting down the centre line. Bitter taste of chemicals. Larry needing to concentrate so as not to puke his back up. <laughs> the fucking lightweight. Trying to time the drop for coming up when they get up those stairs so they're guaranteed to have something to chew on before getting inside. The youth of today. In this city. So what else would you be doing? Passing time as the lee runs high. The dark tides twisting under the stark arches of the Southgate Bridge. The golden angel on St Finbar staring down, judging the heathens and hedonists lining up down South Main Street. It's still bright outside. That turning point between day and night, night and day, till streetlights flicker on. Weak in the dusk. And lights fire up in the eyes of the terrible trio as they look up at the darkening skies. And look at Danny, the chewing goon, coming up a little already, la. An earlier drop raising his little head. Danny, love, can you get your jaw off the footpath there? There's people trying to walk on it. Taking the piss as it starts to piss rain and chewing gum. Chew, 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 drip, drop, chew. The calling twins, jelly and cream, slide down Southgate Bridge on hair gel and brill cream, pulling palms down their tight cuts, smirking along their premature tashes, little dimples. Slipping out the flick knives, passing down the queue, suggesting a one-pound donation off each vulnerable-looking punter. Lehan. Knowing full well to leave the first generation alone, 
but Jelly Carlin undressing Giorgio with the evil eye up and down all the same, imagining cutting all her clothes off with the flick knife. Giorgio staring back, emphasising her chews, all in the eyes, blue eyes, black eyes, green. Spotting the old Incredible Hulk eyes brewing up on her boyfriend Danny, so ushers the trio along the queue to leave the twins off to their next victim. When the bouncers open the door, that cheer carries all the way down the street. Hundreds of thousands of monarch butterflies emigrating in the stomach of our hero Larry with every shuffling step towards the door. They reach the door. Some bouncers doing their job. Some more interested in girls' brass size than date of birth digits. Someone confiscated drugs. The rat tashes nodding at Danny, then looking at Larry. Larry panicking behind the smiley mask. Eyes darting to Danny. Danny sneaking a nod. Smiley mask nodding. Stare at night airs. Leery, leery at Jojo's jugglies. The hounds all giggling. A little head nod. And it's Larry's night. And he's in. And the trio are in. Arch ticket boots to the left. Larry fumbling with some change. <laughs> Thinking the ticket lady's going to take all this away from him. Was feigning calm to get past the bouncers. It chants in a heartbeat above. Bass bins booming behind closed doors. The steep, stained stairway. Mere steps away. And up, 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 Through the black swing doors. A wave of heat. A deep, deep house beat opening wide. Into the black light. The black box. Giorgio's teeth shine like blue. She's beaming. You made it, little man. Larry pulling his hood down. Raising his mask to his forehead. Danny Jr. Larry, stay close and keep discreet, yeah? The trio wander, hand in hand, swimming through the shoal. It's early, so the place is still filling up. Larry shaking hands, hugging complete strangers. Following the factory line up the stairs to the cloakroom, handing his coat to the others and breaking off to the jacks to the left. The filthier the jacks, the better the club, right? The rats aren't even infesting. They've given it two stars. The poxy pipes dripping down to the room below. And some poor fucker, a newcomer, is opening his mouth to hydrate. And the trio are back together and making their way past the ladies to the right of the cloakroom and down the back stairs. The bouncers brushing past, pulling the calling twins by their necks, their eyes being pulled back like cattle being slaughtered, winking at Jojo. They are actually prescribed. And through to the back bar, gyrating hips, hip-hop obsessives. Back bar DJ, a shaved-headed beats monastic. Links between tracks for the musos, the tricky twists and crossfades. Decks in the corner looking out onto the street below. An epidemic of youths swarming the building, climbing the walls, scaling the roof, dipping like monkeys along telephone wires. Jumping in the second story window, dusting their sleeves off as the DJ mixes bug powder dust into gap bands outstanding. A roar from the man on the cross. Jojo grabbing Larry's arm and under the arches. Through to the main room, all well up now. The tribe rising, the shawl moving in unison. Dip back and take it all in. She's massaging him, he's leaning back into him. T-shirts wet through, sweat swapping, saliva swapping, tongue tight. Larry grabs Danny's arm. I'm coming up, am I? Larry's seeing the club as a dream field. The layers going down the soil. He tills the field and plants pills deep underground. And harvests the chemicals sprout up in plagues. And all the ravers raved for days. The birds rise with the sun and attack. That scarecrow doesn't walk a fuck. He's got a smiley face, smiley face, squawk. Smiley face, squawk. Smiley face, smiley face, smiley face, squawk. And the birds popped pills and all dropped dead before having the best night of their lives. No rhythm tonight and day. Bird song has no beats. The peaks and troughs. It's been a good harvest. Taken up. Heat rising. The pulse. The pulse. And sweat dripping. Precipitation for the pill poppers. Hanging from the rafters. The ceiling is cracking off. Sky. 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 The sun going down. And sun's going down the throats of willing pickers who get no sleep. Strobe lights stretching. God's fingers through the clouds. Casting shadows across the field. And when the sun came down, it was sick for days. And the earth depressed off its game with its lot would sprout no more. Keep pushing the natural order. 
Cloudy stops with a hand on his shoulder. A bouncer looming above him, grabbing him up by the collar. What the fuck are you doing in here? I'll take him out, Horgan. And Danny's walking his little brother through the choppy waters and out the gates of the promised land. And off with them to the peace park. Brothers in arms, chewing gum through the ups and downs. I told you to stay discreet, didn't I? Fucking stretch Armstrong on the dance floor. Larry's eyes like tadpoles in a bowl. But as ever, as ever, looking up to older brother. It's not the fact that she's standing there. The sour face in her. It's not the fact that Debbie Donovan, boss's daughter, right of the century, the two teenagers thought to be a good mix by their respective parents, is standing there. And the look she gives Larry's pokey rum as they sit in the nicely judged bedroom come studio that Larry has set up. What's that smell? Larry going puce. It's not the fact that she has a look about her that she's seen better kept dolls' houses, which is true. The pristine princess having a meticulous attention to detail concerning her old collection of Mattel dolls' houses, still kept in the attic and buffed seasonally. It's not this that's annoying our hero. It's the fact that Larry is pointing out a sample log to Debbie and she doesn't seem to be getting any kicks out of the links. The track is the LeFunk Mob remix of Bam the Bass' Bug Powder Dust, featuring Justin Moorfield, who's taking an Irish tack with the lyrics Keep my rhymes thick like a Guinness brew So you could call me black and tan when I'm wrecking a crew Favoured by Backbar DJ Stevie G Giving birth to a Backbar classic She's not even getting kicks out of the original lick Which samples Flora Purim's Open Your Eyes You Can Fly, 1976 the bass line also being used by DJ Food in his ninja tune offering Dark Lady, 1983. Which also samples Marlena Shaw's California Soul, 1969. All knowledge passed down from Danny Jr. to his younger sibling. Impressive digging and diving, considering these were pre-Shazam days of yore. In fact, Debbie is disinterested personified. Yeah. I know all that like Larry. And is actually lying. The terrible twosome spending the day in Larry's room, where Danny Jr. has passed down an old pair of Technics 1210s to his younger brother and the duo sneak a smoke. The wall war between Larry and Danny's rooms, banging on doors, competing for sound. And at a peak, Danny bursting in, giving Larry a taste of his Frankie Knuckles. Debbie in the corner, smoking, putting her hand to her mouth, trying to stop giggling. Lights up. The beat is a flat line, sustained. The congregation coming down strong in the cold light. June weekender, 95, coming to a close. An epic weekender, where the network of floors in the cavernous building come hotel opens up. The village, the annex, the courtyard. Six rooms pulsing in and out the shoals of fishies over three nights. But tonight, the sucre cubes look uneasy. And look at them, la. Clapping heartfelt appreciation, but something amiss in their drawn faces. Danny, hands on his hips, shaking his head with the ghostly features. Was that batch more bitter than sweet? The sugar cubes drifting, following their noses for last gasps. Little sprinkles, beats still heard from the back bar. Meeting the juniors, Debbie looking ace in a little white number showing off her glowing skin. Are you staying on, brother, for the after party downstairs? Yes, stay on, desperate Dan. Jojo, catching Danny's eyes lingering too long on the young one. We know how to call it a night, don't we, desperate Dan? Danny shaking his head like a bald puppy, sending the juniors on their way. With Debbie slipping Danny Junior a pinky wave behind Larry's back. The sugar cubes throwing their eyes to heaven in the queue for the cloakroom, as Danny Junior and Jojo give it all that soap opera palaver and. Jojo breaking away, darting down the stairs. Danny about to run after, but traffic filling up and the stairs all blocked again. The sugar cubes shuffling down to the front door and out the gap. South Main Street mobbed to the gills. Shoals of fish streaming out the building. Meeting with the Kicked out, spaced out, gone too far. Swimming on the footpath. Giving the place a bad name. Tides rising all the way over the bridge. Some beached fish sitting on the stone arches. 
chins rising to the sky. Eyes off to the side, mouths bobbing. The dark tides twisting under the stark arches. Danny trying to swim against the tide as the mob spill down the other direction towards the oval. Something in the air. Murky waters. A squad car, a spam can squeezing through the shoals of fish. As Debbie squeezes Larry into a cubicle at the after party. Sirens squealing, cuddling up. The guards out with battens, wrapped in a duvet of sherbert. Shukrakoops scampering, sniff one, chasing, eating face off. A mob reforming back behind the spam can. Piranhas rushing the motor, leaning up and over and panties down. Sirens on the footpath. Sharing an ear each off the headphones. Shoals tacking away, gone in seconds. Danny lost to the stream. Mackerel breaking the surface, holding his face, sweating and pushing. Mashed panic, the coarse back of fists echoing down the alleyway. The best sex ever. The wave tacks this way on the best pills ever. That way. To the best of 94 and swearing, you're my one and only one on E from Jojo reappearing by the beached fishies on the bridge. Caught up in the tackle. Leaning. Up. And. Over. And Larry Debbie peeking and fish falling back in the water. The sound of the plunge. Jojo gone under with the tide. Later, the men in wetsuits scoured the depths. Sirens. Red light, white light, blue. Part-time maritime historian DeVito in his trench coat. Arm around Danny Jr.'s shoulder. Rosary beads dangling from his fingers. Sourin was an old name for the South Channel. A royal heir of Tara fell off the bridge and was drowned in the Sourin. There was the Southgate prison on that side too. They were overcrowded, they'd throw some prisoners in the underground cells. Place would fill up come high tide. They say it's a nice, easy way to go. A body being dragged up the steel steps. Danny wailing from his gut as the shuka cubes rally around. And DeVito goes to take the black dog for a walk. Henry's after the funeral. Dressed in black and popping pills to keep the black dog from the door. Word spreading around the room. The sugar cubes, one of many first generation shoals. The community getting together and paying their respects. Hogging the grieving Danny Jr. Raising his hands in the air the connection the release feeling more real than anything out there as Larry sits on the bottom tier and stares down at faded Nike airs and all back to the Lahans, the messy blur the casualties fall off one by one strewn around the living room are Danny and Debbie who take the party to the kitchen. Larry blacking out and waking at dawn alone in his room. The sound of a couple rising the stairs. Danny and Debbie and the melted faces on them. And Danny to his room and Debbie to Larry's. Turning to conk out Eyes closed, but breathing like she's awake.
the thin beats. As Larry puts on headphones and stares at the wall. Terry sits in the master bedroom, one foot perched on the mirror dresser, painting her nails. The other, her toes scrunching the feathers on the cream rug. She's late as always, but DeVito's normally ready by now and rushing around from downstairs. She's finished her nails now and is swivelling around to the mirror to do her eyes. And where are you, Dan? She shouts at herself in the mirror, reflecting the empty room. Goes on sipping wine between mascara tips. Till she's ready. Coat and gloves in the hallway. And only two and a half hours late. Stands. Staring at the front door. Willing it open. Before lighting up a cigarette and making her way into the living room. Where she slouches into the armchair letting her cashmere coat bunch up under her legs. Drunkenly stubs out her cigarette in the crystal ashtray before her eyes shut closed. She wakes again to the sound of the front door opening and it's Larry and Debbie looking like they've run a marathon. Has it been raining? No, Mum, just dancing. What time is it? Half two, Mum. You must have drifted off when you came home. Where's Dad? I never left, Larry. Go check upstairs. I'm offering Debbie some tea and stumbling into the kitchen in a bit of a dizzy state with the palm all off to one side and the puffy face on her. Dad's not up there, Mum. Terry thinking it's too late to call any of the men from the RCYC and their wives to be only livid. He's probably fallen asleep in one of their houses now and they'll put him up to bed and he'll wake up in an awful state. And Larry thinking, but you wouldn't one of them have called? And thinking that but not saying it out loud. And... Yeah, Mum. We'll wait till morning. Terry lying awake in bed all night. The faint pirate radio beats drifting up now and then. Till it's dawn and the terrible twosome are crashing and burning, slouching up to Larry's room, the smiling clown clock in the bedside table. And next thing he knows, Larry's waking a couple of hours later to the sound of Terry downstairs. The wailing. Running down, and there she is with the phone in her hand and the mad hair, and the mascara running. And next thing he knows, is the whole family down the arsey-wicey, looking out through binoculars as the search party scoured the bay. The outboard's morning. And next thing he knows, they've found the boat. But no sign of DeVito. Cheap coffee from vending machines. Evening falling in. Search called off. Departures at Cork Airport. Sucre cubes pushing each other off rucksacks for seats. Danny Jr. holds an open Air India ticket in his sweaty palm, smudging up the digits. Terry keeping a stiff upper lip and the stony face of denial on her. Larry hugging his brother and thinking he'd be lost without him and thinking that but not saying it out loud. Rucksacks through sliding doors. Terry and Larry standing on the empty floor, the PA bellowing out final calls. Of the house now, Larry, are you? And what can you say? Them two tacking away. The house in St. Luke's going through a state of flux. Look at our Larry Nola, just parking that whole man at the house ticket for a lark, and full steam into the warm arms of the party scene. And so wouldn't you be the same and would you blame him? Living in the bubble of records and analogue keyboards building up in his room. Living and loving through Justin Roberts in 96. Converging with other shoals of Southern Fried Souls, the Rum Tree Crow, the Back Bar Heads. Living and loving through Harbert, 97. And down below to the after party in the hotel, where Mocker plays till the sun comes up. You were there, you remember. Walking, clubbing closed into the dawn, to another house party and pushing on to Sunday evening. 
That summer, as the developments rise from Larry's window, Larry's putting up more shelves for his records in Danny's vacant room in the attic loft. The beat is Larry's footsteps, cocked a walk down Washington Street. Debbie shopping in prime time, Carhartt, Buffalo. Larry buying his first phone, the Nokia 3210, getting addicted to Snake. And off for one to the super pub, glamour mirrors, money drugs, where businessmen heading to cleaner clubs crack onto beyond her years Debbie, serving up little white lies in the souped up disabled toilets, promising a house for the doll. 98. Larry Levan protege Joe Clausell is dropping right like the wind. A commercial track left of centre in an underground set, but totally working at Sweat's 10th birthday. Larry's green eyes scanning the floor of the back bar, her dogs wagging tongues at Debbie. Tilly spots. Is that? No. Is that Terry with her divorcee friends? Pissed. Following them into the front room, where the loved ups are only loving her and trying to slip her a pill. What are you doing in here, Mum? I wanted to see what I saw the fuss. Larry chewing his face. Go home, Mum, you're a disgrace. Terry inviting everyone back to the house that night. Where she has the place gone to the dogs. Della hands on a weekend or every weekend. Half a cork turn up for the push on through. And the twosome buy in bulk for the second generation of sugar. Pushing the boat out with baggies of a hundred penny sweets. A little bit of sherbet. White lies on the side. Messy. Double, triple dropping at the dawn. Taking the piss out of lightweights who can't handle and are bowing out early. Gone too far, melting on the couch, speaking in tongues. The blurry soft lens. A mirage of bodies moving in and out of the house. The filled up ashtrays. Leaning back into each other on the couch, whittling away the biscuits. It's always us two, the last two standing. Softling to come down with weed and vodka. And up to Larry's room with the smiling clown clock on the bedside table. But... Nothing doing, Larry. The flat beat. No pulse. Slap. Fish. Zero. 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 The next morning, the tide is low on the lee. The stench in the air. A record skipping. Larry and Debbie lie in silence. Cold skin. Stomachs churning. The one too many in chewing metal beats in your mouth. Chewing gum gone dry and fluffy. The sun beaming outside and the shutters closed. Debbie, tasting the stale Rothmans from Larry's breath. The same as his brother's. Is it wrong to like the taste? Sets up white lies on a dog ear brochure. Snorting along phallic towers of apartments. The party's over, Larry. You get me? Over. Slamming the front door as she exits, echoing through the ages. And our hero of heroes crashes and burns, catches up on three days of sleep, sleeping through what seems a year. Dreaming of swimming towards the smiley-faced sun. Doves, Fido-Dido's, Mitsubishi's, etched in the clouds. Playing with the crumbly biscuits. Danny's face in one. Coming into focus. Oh, hey. There he is. A smiley face Danny in every bead of sweat. In every dark cell. Every atom. A smiley face. Swarms of smileys consuming. Streams of pills like slap machine coins flowing out of ice and three lemons. Sour face on the pill head. 
guarding his way to the stratosphere. The pit of Larry's stomach churning. Records spinning backwards. Records spinning, discs spinning, records, discs, pills, one, zero, one, zero, one, zero, zero. 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 Zero, three. One, one. Zero, one. 3rd of November, 2001. And look at our Larry Nola, sitting on his lonesome on the floor in Sir Henry's, while the rest of the crowd push out the last dying breaths. The cavernous black-stained lung, hovering before the collapse. And the lights come up. Fish go deep, waving wild in the air. A soaring roar from the crowd. It goes on and on. A wave of emotion surging from a little black box on the tip of South Main Street. The congregation, standing in the cold light, stamping the floor, on and on, stamping, on and on and. Larry puts his face in his hands as the fishies trickle out. Follow the beat. Larry stands on Southgate Bridge. The tides twisting under the stark arches. Down the quays. A seagull drifts down and perches on the billboard. The beady eye staring at Larry. The photoshopped family. The smiley faces. Construction dust flying as the sun rises. Fix a spent smoke into the stream. A handful of records. One by one, the sleeves fall on the surface of the water. Zero. 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 The beat. Is the flapping of a gull's wings drifting across the smiley faced sun? That was Deep, written and performed by Raymond Scannell and directed by Tom Creed in a radio version of the acclaimed stage production. Sound design was by Carl Kennedy, sound supervision was by Damien Chanel. Jen Coppinger was producer of the stage version and the producer for RTE was Kevin Brew. The series producer of Drama on One is Kevin Reynolds.